1: Welcome to Chamber Breakers, presented by Verizon Business and Yahoo Finance. I'm Leanna Brindard, Head of Yahoo Finance UK. During this series, we invite thought leaders to break the echo chamber surrounding key societal challenges. This season, we're focused on corporate social responsibility, education, and the workforce at a time of global crisis. Today, we're delighted to welcome Mo Dat. He is the former Chief Business Officer at Google X, author of international bestseller, Soul for Happy, and the host of hit podcast, Slow Mo, a podcast with Mogul Dad, a series of extraordinary conversations that explores the profound questions and obstacles we all face in the pursuit of purpose in our lives. So with that, Mo, please take us away about why understanding the science of happiness is essential to unlocking leadership and business growth
0: well thank you very much for having me it's a topic that is very dear to my heart and i'm quite a big fan of yahoo finance to start so i should highlight that uh thank you for doing what you're doing i have to uh to tell you that business growth is actually um uh, highly dependent on happiness i think most leaders completely ignore that the idea that we uh, can push people manage people uh, you know, uh, try to guide them and restrain them into success is a very, very ancient idea of business. The idea of uh, of today's business where so much of our success depends on innovation, depends on level of engagement, depends on interaction with customers and clients and colleagues and so on and so forth. Uh, happiness is of paramount importance now statistically we know that people who are happy are 12 percent more productive than those who are not and that's a no-brainer really when you start to think about it people who are happy are engaged in what they do they attract others to help them they uh, you know they are positive in their attitude they're optimistic and so they can ima- you know imagine positive outcomes and aim to make them successful? Uh, they report less absenteeism. They uh, report less sick, sick leave. They cost the organization less uh, in terms of you know um, uh, well being and and uh, and health uh, you know costs and so you know health co- coverage costs and so and so on and so forth. But but most importantly, uh, people who are happy are actually operating in their optimum mode of performance. And most of us ignore the fact that uh, happiness is truly our default setting. When you really think about how if you get a slight sore throat, you start to worry and maybe, you know, have vitamin C and try to, to, um, to rest because it's important for your success and survival in the world to be healthy. Similarly, Uh, we are supposed to recognize the times in our life where we feel unhappy and do something about them because it's part of our design that we should have that energy, we should have that focus, we should have that state of optimum performance that is built Unhappiness. happiness. So I, I worked at Google for uh, 12 years. I started at Google uh, Emerging Markets. I was head of Emerging Markets, opened half of Google's offices worldwide. And then I moved to Google X where I was the chief business officer for five years. And if you ask me, you know, what one of your biggest reasons for success, it wasn't that I was the clever one, as a matter of fact, I was probably the dumbest in the entire team that I worked with. But the truth is I worked with people in a way where I assumed that my responsibility as a leader was to provide them in an, with an environment where they can thrive, where they can enjoy what they're doing, where they can create connections and where, and where basically they feel responsible for the success of the business while I, I feel responsible for their productivity, for their well-being and for their happiness. Happiness at work, in my view, is the ultimate leadership quality from a leadership quality point of view you have to make sure as a leader that your people want to do things for you they want to work for you it's not that they're doing what you're doing and turning their backs and looking for another job because they're so annoyed in their job now from a cost point of view the biggest costs we have is to actually find talented people so I'll close my introduction by telling you that if I was ever successful at Google, it's because Google was successful in hiring the most talented people, and my place at Google was one of the happiest places where they could come. So I had the luxury of working with the smartest of the smartest people out there, and literally having them work with me for the entire 12 years. Some of them stayed with me for the entire You know time i spent at google and when you really build those deep relationships that's when you can build a sustainable successful and by the way incredibly enjoyable uh, career path performance and success for your company and success for yourself
1: that's amazing and thank you so much for that it has been really fantastic that in leadership circles in business it has been recognized a lot more that happiness um, is at the core of obviously business success, but also just seeing it's a need to have, not a nice to have. But happiness in itself, like you're saying, it's actually, it sounds a lot more complex. And so when we apply the science to happiness, when it is so amorphous and subjective, is there really a science? Please tell us, please tell us.
0: When you talk about it from a scientific point of view, Happiness is so predictable that it actually follows an equation. At the very simplest level, happiness is equal to or greater than the difference between the events of your life and your expectations of how life should be, okay? Every moment in your life you've ever felt happy was a moment where life didn't give you anything in specific. Huh? Life could give you rain and that would make you unhappy because you want a suntan. And it could give you rain and you would be happy because you want to water your plants, right? It's that comparison between the event and how you want life to be that makes you happy or unhappy, okay? And that comparison at work hmm, is something we get wrong all the time. So, again, at work, happiness at work is that the events of work meet my expectation of work. You, you, you know, sometimes we forget to set expectations with our teams. We tell them, hey, by the way, go and do well, and at the end of the quarter, we will evaluate your performance, versus actually what we did really well at Google was to tell them, here are your OKRs, very, very specific at the beginning of every quarter, very specific review at the end of every quarter, open, uh, uh, you know, agreed, and at the, at the end of it, people would say, oh yeah, okay, expectations were set, events happened, sometimes met, sometimes missed, and everything becomes clear, and I can go for hours. But the, but the idea here is very straightforward. It's events minus expectations. And if we get those two to be clear and transparent and accurate, happiness will happen a lot more often than not.
1: Well, that's an incredible, like, I suppose, incisive point, because when we think about as individuals, when we all work, whatever industry, whatever company, um, we may all have different expectations of what we want, but at the core of it, we all kind of want the same thing, but it's how we set that. And obviously, as individuals, our expectations are influenced by our leaders, by our management, the people in authority, that even if we, you know, think it's as an individual, that does get influenced. So in terms of from leadership and management, do you think that actually does a disservice in terms of having a knock-on effect?
0: The truth is, believe it or not, we've sort of alienated the work environment from humanity. We were were told when you come here, you have to be strong, you have to be decisive, you have to be competitive, you have to be, uh, you know, uh, and, and all of these... If you don't mind me saying, we all, without exception, pretend to be those things. None of us hmm, is not vulnerable. None of us is not weak at at times. None of us is not emotional about certain things. We are all humans. We have emotions. We have intuitions. We have, uh, you know, uh, insecurities sometimes. We have, um, uh, you know, empathies that are important to include in the business environment and so on. When people are allowed to live as they are, hmm, as they truly are, that's when happiness really, really emerges. If we're not able as leaders to create that environment, then what are we scared of? Seriously, huh? Why are we scared when people share their emotions? Why are we scared when people say something needs to change? Maybe because we are insecure. Okay? And when you start to think about it this way, you realize hmm, that the best way for a human to perform at work is to bring their whole human self to work with all of its upsides and all of its downsides. Hmm? And we, we, we as leaders, we need to expect that no human is perfect. And so we can couple together teams where the downside of one is the upside of another. Okay, And we can get them together to become amazing work groups. Now, this is very different than pushing people to pretend to be not what they really are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I completely agree. I mean, like being able to bring your authentic self to work is a key to happiness. Totally. And also business productivity as you demonstrated. So with that in mind, where some leaders who are to be honest, still struggling, especially when it's a fully now at the moment, digitized world, where it is all on camera, whether it's all on a conference call, things like that, being able to give room Mm. for those to thrive, that may not be the same as them. What would you say are the key kind of steps that those leaders who are a bit afraid or those managers who can't still grasp that actually work on in order to provide that environment and platform for those people to thrive be happier and therefore help business
0: this surely what we're going through is definitely one of the biggest leadership challenges uh, that happened in my lifetime to be able to lead uh, a team that's going through hardship because there is difficulty in being isolated but at the same time a team that is not always within the vicinity if you if you if you want you can't you can't manage by walking the corridors anymore it is however the ultimate moment in the history of humanity for empathy and this truly truly is the key to the current times and the truth is everyone feels Anxiety, everyone feels lonely, everyone feels helpless sometimes, everyone feels the monotonous movement of the hamster wheel if you want. You wake up, you get out of bed, you get in front of a screen, and then you get back to bed. And it's actually quite difficult, but it is the golden age of empathy. And so the key is can you turn empathy to compassion? Can you turn that feeling of I feel it, then they must feel it too, into but what can I do about it? What would I want done to me when I feel lonely? I would want someone to text me and say, hey, all good. It's all about that outward movement that is driven by your empathy that this is difficult for everyone. That's number one. Number two is is the ultimate leaders are able to disappear because their teams work really well together. Okay, and the idea here is a, a good leader understand which are the connectors in his team. Every team has a few connectors. Can you find those connectors and appeal to them and say, "Hey, we've never needed you more. Can you please bring those conversations in place? Can you please put that joke into the uh, into the you know into the conference call? Can you can you make it a little more human, right? And by the way." maybe get out of your way to meet some of them for a walk in the park every now and then, right? There's nothing that prevents you in, during a time of lockdown from spending a little bit of time with social distancing, with your masks to meet some of your people. Maybe it's time to think about things differently. And in, at the end of the day, I, I'll say this again. I believe that I succeeded to go to the highest levels at Google and in my career in general, simply because every time I had a new team member, the first uh, sentence and go ask them that I told them is, I'm not responsible for the business, you're responsible for the business, I'm responsible for you, right? This is truly what the responsibility of the leader is. I am there to remove obstacles, to make them feel happier, to make them feel more productive, to make them feel more engaged, to make them feel fairly treated, supported, and so on and so forth. And when we do that well as leaders, our teams excel and deliver 10 times what we force them to deliver when we use the whip and the guardrails. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. And like from an individual level, it just shows that how much impact you can make as a leader by having that really human connection. One of the things that, as you pointed out, has been very challenging in the digital environment is how do we still stay humanly connected? Because as humans, we have the need to connect with other humans in person when, um, that's been removed from us. And so from a company point of view, so for any businesses listening right now, and thinking from a corporate social responsibility, when the things that a business on a macro front could give back, whether it's like, like you said, like, whether it's sushi at work, or a happy hour, or it's those things that provide that little bit happiness and removes that onerous choice. How do you do that now when, um, and give back in order to promote happiness when everything is digital and it feels like there's no end light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to going back into the office and liaising with other people.
0: So, so let, let, me, let me just say that this actually is not a horrible place to be. It is a transition. So go back in technology and remember your grandmother right and your grandmother uh, wasn't very comfortable creating deep social connections on a telephone right that she she needed to talk to someone face to face your mother uh, probably could you know felt that the telephone was just an extension to her voice you know we we i grew up feeling you know telephone is like normal right and 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 then the internet and video conferencing, and all of those technologies are a little alien at the beginning. So remember, when I started working at Google, I was running emerging markets. So my teams were across 102 languages, more than 50 countries. And to me, it was quite normal that whichever office I was in that morning, the other 49 offices were not with me physically. And very quickly, you start to develop that skill. It's a skill. But that skill requires a lot more presence, a lot more attention, hmm? because it's actually, uh, uh, it it is, you know, the the technology enables us to bridge distances. Okay. But as it does that, it reduces the depth of the connection. hmm? But the depth of the connection can be increased by listening by asking everyone to participate, by creating, you know, meeting structures that are different, Those meetings when you had 12 people in the room, they're very ineffective. When you are in a a digital video conference and people are taking care of their kids and so on, you need different meeting structures, perhaps smaller, perhaps uh, more intimate, right? You can also do fun things. Uh, So I, I, you know, in my current startup, I have a meeting that's called Come Chat. Okay, and ComChat being the founder, you know, everyone would want to come and speak to Mo What do we talk about? We talk about running half marathons. We talk about, you know, um, 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 some efforts that we can do together. We, you know, tease each other a little bit that someone's running more than me. And, you know, it's fun. It's, It's an hour that may feel wasted because we didn't talk about the numbers. But people come energized. You know, they come out of it energized. Because I'm not thinking of efficiency of every dollar and every pound and every cent and every penny, Huh? It, it, I'm thinking more of the value of having an energized team, those things make a massive difference. Hmm? And you have to start thinking about those things as a leader because now it's much more important for your people to feel energized and engaged. Hmm? And they're all little tricks. They are just they're, they're, they're difficult because they're human tricks. They're not management tricks. They're humanity tricks. How can I connect to someone? And... You know, if it was if it was your girlfriend living in another city, you would use one app, WhatsApp efficiently. You would add a little bit of a Zoom call every now and then. You would send her a voice message every now and then. Hey, baby, I miss you. And, and you know, and these are not very difficult skills. Use them with your team. They're, they're humans. OK. And if you recognize that, that the barrier, that the digital barrier requires you to be more present, requires you to be more connected, you know closer connecting deeper connections it's easy it's not that complicated
1: so mo i could talk to you for hours and do it. <laughs> not just because i think that you could uh sort out my life but i do have one more question um before we have to go but especially when we're talking about all this there's so much here and you know for some people listening and i feel very very inspired one thing that does jump out as well is that personal responsibility as well and accountability on setting those expectations and how to find that happiness. And I know we're only scratching the surface right now, but what would your advice be to anyone that's listening? Um, when it comes to when we were talking about earlier and putting it all together, how do you manage your own expectations in an environment where it? Everything is constantly changing. The expectations you feel from other people are changing as well. We're in a COVID environment. We've had a lot of societal upheaval. How do you set yourself on the path to happiness when everyone has different goals?
0: Two two, two sides to this, two sides to this. One is stop playing God, okay? Uh, You know, anyone who's been in business long enough would understand this is the most unpredictable, Uh, a difficult, um, challenging uh, time for businesses we've ever come through, okay? Uh, However, I, I use the words come through because we've come through the other times, you know, eventually, sooner or later, we will come out of this. Now, the the, the problem is one of the egos and and managers and leaders and those with big titles on their business cards, they suffer from a lot of egos, me myself included. And one of the egos is we're responsible for them, just like we were responsible for my kids or whatever. I'm not responsible for anyone. Okay? I'm responsible to do the best that I can with, within the environment that I am in with the, with the tools and resources that I have been given. Okay? And that is as far as our sense of guilt and sense of ownership. And, this is where it stops. If you've done the best you've ca- you can, I, I spoke to a, a group of, uh, of uh, small business entrepreneurs uh, a couple of months back. And their biggest question is, we're failing our people. And I was like, you're not failing anyone. COVID-19 is failing the whole world, right? And we're, we're going through an environment where you're trying the absolute best you can. So on the first side of this coin, I would ask everyone, if you're doing the best that you can and the world is difficult, don't blame yourself, okay? Your responsibility is to do the best that you can within this current environment. That's number one. Number two is, and I know this will sound really, really weird, but life is a video game, okay? Uh, It is not supposed to be easy. It is actually more exciting hmm, when it's a little bit challenging and always changing. And I'll, I'll tell you openly, every single one of us remembers the time when it was horribly boring okay, when you went to work in the morning, just insisted that CRM is filled properly and then that this, this done, and then... It's like so boring, right? And as a matter of fact, throughout my career, when business became boring, I moved, okay? Why? Because there is fun in being challenged. The only thing we have in our current environment, Liana, is that we are refusing to enjoy it. When lockdown happened... You know, I could have sat down and like, uh, you know, complained about life and life is so unfair and I cannot achieve anymore. Or I can actually enjoy the game and say, "Okay, something changed in the game here. What can I do? And what could I do? I be, now that I am not traveling as much, I started my podcast. It's you know, it really helped thousands and thousands of people. Many more that I could could have reached in public speaking. I, you know, I it's in the top ten percent worldwide. I am enjoying massively enjoyable conversations with amazing people, and I am having the time of my life. Right. And achieving more spread of my message of happiness than I could have before COVID-19. Now, that doesn't mean that COVID-19 is a wonderful thing, but that means that every challenge comes with opportunities. And true gamers, true gamers, when the game becomes tough, they don't put the controller down and go like, I don't like this anymore. True gamers, when the game becomes tough, what do they do? They engage more. They engage more, they, they 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 play more, they try more, mm? they loosen up more, they take risks more, okay? And that, believe it or not, is just a question of mindset. What's the worst that can happen? It already happened. I can only improve it from there, okay? We're already in a very tough environment. I can only make things better, but I can make them better when my mindset is a mindset of someone who's energetic, who's positive, who sees the opportunity, not just the threat and who strives to take action. Well,
1: thank you so much, Mo. That's such an inspiring moment to end on. So, but before we go, I just want to remind everyone who is watching or listening um, that if you uh, want to check out Mo's international bestseller soul for happy and his hit podcast slow mo then do check it out but mo before we go where else can people find you whether they want you as a life coach (laughs) or whether to just hit you up or with questions anything i know that i want to tap you up later so just let us know where we can follow you
0: so so believe it I'm, I'm very committed. I answer every question I get. I respond to every message I receive. I'm on all forms of social media. I'm mo.gaudat on Instagram, mo_gaudet_official on Facebook, uh, Gaudat on LinkedIn, and mgaudat on Twitter. Uh, my channel on YouTube is uh, youtube.com. Uh, do reach out. And uh, not only to, you know, ask me a question or to tell me a message, but also to help me out, because I'm on a mission to make a billion people happy and I really need the help of everyone. Uh, So if we can work together to make people happier, I think that would be really appreciated.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're really, really honored and for everyone that's watching and listening don't forget that you can find videos and articles about this series on yahoo finance uk site and if you've enjoyed this episode which i am sure you will because especially because it's got mo on it please rate review subscribe to hear more